Welcome to the press conference mixtape, Cassette 2, bringing you the pressing playlist nobody asked for. I'm the host, Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Not bad, man. How about you? <laughs> going good. Going good. <laughs> it's good to be back, ready to pump it out another mixtape. It is good to be back. Tape. Yeah, so um, we've got our second mixtape today. Really excited to be doing another one of these. Um, I think the feedback we got from the first episode was great. It definitely helped having a fantastic guest in Nick. So thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, keen to kind of get into it. And I think I kind of just wanted to highlight, and I know Dave, we've been talking a bit about it, but the people that listen, um, obviously we talk about bands and genres and we talk through all of that, but we're kind of getting to that point now where every band or artist we want to talk to, there's somebody that we know that probably knows that better than us yeah. and we want to get them on. Um, but we, we kind of said that before we got people on, we wanted to do one of these mixtape episodes, right? So expect over the next few months, we're going to be doing a few more of these mixtapes, maybe every second, third episode. Um, we'll just try and get more people on so that we can bring them back and actually go into these bands with a bit more, you know, I guess, um, a bit more depth. Yeah. It's always good to have another voice on too. I mean, especially we're talking about some, some pretty big bands that are important to us and our, yeah. our friend friendship groups like them a lot too. So it's going to be great to, to hear what they have to say as well. Yeah. And I think it's funny because we're recording this after we've actually just spoken to our guest for this episode. And, um, you know, I guess just, yeah, the way that we see music and the way that other people see music, it's just great to get those perspectives and, not that I don't think we're doing bands justice that we've spoken to, but I think there's a lot more um, opinion and thought out there that um, we could be getting. So yeah, over the next few months, expect a lot more of these. Yeah, totally. So um, what did you get in the mail this week? Uh, No mail. I think this was one of the first weeks where I've had a few weeks now of no mail. Um, So I've been like pulling back my spending, um, getting tattoos and stuff like that now. So <laughs> trying to like get back to post COVID life. Um, but I did pick up a click and collect order that I've had sitting at resist for a few weeks now. Um, the greatest mistake of my life, um, by holding absence. Mm-hmm. And I got Fenton, um, and honest and cunning, um, by hot mulligan, um, which I've been pretty keen to get for a while when it popped up at resist, uh, I had to get it. So, um, yeah, my two most recent pickups. What were yours? Very cool. Um, I only got one record in the mail this week, and that was uh, from our friend Jackson. Oh, uh, so yes. He sent me down um, Break Even's album, The Bright Side. So that's an, like almost a grail for me. Uh, it's, yep. it's eluded me for a long time, and um, well, I was happy to pick that up. He We did a nice little trade for that, so... Thank you, Jackson. I've already spun that twice since I've got it, so it's gone to a good home. And thank you, Jackson, for letting Dave leave it at my house for until you get it. It's been great spinning your um, Being as an Ocean, Dear G.O.D. Um, it's been fantastic because <laughs> that album's grown on me after listening to it on vinyl, so um, take your time in picking it up. <laughs> um. Yeah, look, before we get to our um, guest for the week, um, I really enjoy doing the pressing suggestions or feature albums that we've been doing. It's actually been great. We've actually had some response from the bands as well, which yeah, I, I thought that. was pretty cool on socials this week. So 
Um, let's keep it going. What, what's your first? Um, what's yours for this week? So mine is actually an EP by a Sydney hardcore band called Cherish, and the EP Ooh, is nice. called Your Suffering. So um, this this week it got um, put out by Life Lair Regrets uh, Records. Yep, Life Lair Regrets Records in Melbourne. Uh, so they actually yep. put a cassette out for it and a zine, uh, which I picked up oh, during cool. the week. So I'm yep. super keen to get that. It should come in um, before the next episode. Um, really good, just straight up hardcore um, female vocalist, which is really good to see. Bit of bit of change in the in the scene going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so my favorite tracks off the EP are post binary and Transp- transparency. Mm-hmm. Uh, blush so check that out it's on all streaming services support them on Bandcamp. and if you're a tape collector uh hit up life Lair regret records they're a great small operation but they've got some cool stuff they're really great and i think um like i've picked up a few things from them now and they uh, i think with the no pressure seven inch that they they did um because it was a delay they threw it a zine as well and yeah, it's just so good. Like I love seeing like little guys like that doing stuff like that. So cool. So what's um, your well, uh, suggestion for the week? My suggestion for the week, another sad boy submission from me. Um, this is a band that I used to love back when I lived in Melbourne. Pre, They actually broke up for a few years and now they're back. And I actually saw them last week or the week before, which was really cool. But uh, mine is The Last Goodbye by A Burden. Do you listen to them? A little bit, yeah. I'm familiar. It's an EP, not an album, isn't it? I don't know. I think it's an album. On my Apple Music, it's listed as an album. Okay. <laughs> it's only eight tracks, though, so who knows. Um, but it's an amazing album, EP, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they called it a day back in 2018. Um, now they're back, and I guess when this came out, you know, it was kind of like this one song, their goodbye. Um, it's just like heavy hitting mm like typical generic melodic hardcore sound that we talk about every week or find a way to talk about every week. Um, and yeah, it was great seeing them again, even though I felt like there was no one at the show uh, up here in Sydney. I think, come on, Sydney, get your act together. Um, I just don't think they'd really marketed themselves too well coming back from a break, especially in a COVID year. And um, but seeing them was like, they'd never left. Um, it hit me straight through to my soul. <laughs> and um they're amazing. So my favorite tracks on the album is Sorry, second track. Yeah. Third track, Don't Say. And typical, um, The Closer, My Old Friend. Um, all amazing tracks. Go listen to them. Uh, they're back. They're playing shows like a bit more regularly. I think they're in Melbourne in a few weeks. So if you're there, go and um, check them out. Okay. Cool. So I guess this week. I guess this week. So uh, this was a really great chat that you're about to hear. Um, I think talking through these mixtapes, we could just talk for hours and hours and hours. So if you do make it through, we appreciate you. Um, But this person's a friend that both Dave and I met last year. And we both actually all met. We all met in the same way through that like online trivia, like social media with with vinyl and music. Um, This person's been super active in the scene since we've known them know getting really involved in some of our bands that we really like getting pressed on on vinyl uh, more recently it was involved in getting polar fest off the ground 
Um, it's actually been a massive help to us getting this podcast going as well, like really kind of working with us every week and on topics or how we should approach things or um, technical things that Dave has been mixing. So um, it was great to get him on early. We wanted to get him on to say thanks as well. So this week, our guest on the mixtape is Luke Borchi. I guess we'll start with uh, your background in music. Like, how did you get into music? Um, my history with music is long and complicated in terms of, um, like, in a, in a professional and, like, sort of social sense. Um, I've had a couple of different projects going at once and, you know, some mishaps here and there. Um, I used to press uh, records with uh, your yeah, Deaf Cult Initiative um, and, you know, that went under. Um, but I've then gone ahead and gotten into like festival organizing. So with my friend, uh, Andrew Taylor, we put Polar Fest together and Cheyenne Lee helped with that. And I guess, um, that came through just getting amongst the local scene in Brisbane, just getting to know a lot of people, um, in that scene yeah. and wanting to sort of branch out and, you know, create a space where those Brisbane bands can sort of. I guess, network with some of the bigger bands from Sydney and Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Polar Fest was sick. Like those, the, the lineup was, was really, really awesome. Yeah. It was um, such a fun day. Um, pretty good turnout. And um, I, I think the, the, the band that really stole the show for me was probably Bad Neighbor. Um, and Dragon mm-hmm. Park were just incredible. They're always fun. Like I've seen them a few times now and, yeah, they're just so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> they bring so much energy, which is just what you need. <laughs> um, and then, you know, obviously guys like, you know, Empire Within never fail. Um, they, they just, they've got their set so tight now that it's just, it's, it's hard to fault. I'm absolutely hanging to see them. And I was actually meant to come up, but I was just kind of a bit burnt out, burnt out over the last probably four months leading up to that. Like COVID been there, a bit sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still hanging to see them. And I know Borchi, when I know you, you pressed, you helped press them with, um, DCI. Mm. I don't know something that we spoke about. Cause I, I love that EP and I'm hanging to see them still. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to memory, that was the last one I helped put out unless I'm getting the order mixed up. I know Catholic guilt was the last numbered entry, but I think empire within was the last one that I helped like sort of get out. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's easily my favorite one that we did um that band is awesome and um james tim the other guys they're just they're just such sweethearts yeah um and i think the variants actually came out insanely good as well yeah um i i love them i love them um the like the the supernova splatter one particularly um there were so many different like i guess looks for it it was fascinating yeah um yeah, cool. So I guess like thinking back to, you know, obviously having a long relationship with music and kind of how you got here today, you know, I know Dave and I, we've spoken about where we got into music back in the day and the people around us kind of, can you talk us through a bit about, you know, what brought you on the journey into music? Yeah. Obviously quite a life-changing thing. Oh, dude, easily, easily. Um, I think if I, if I were to trace it back and like sort of put an age on it, I must have been maybe, maybe 10 maybe 11 yeah. when I started, started like religiously listening to, to music that, you know, people consider like, you know, I guess, hardcore scenes or mm. stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my relationship with that genre of music, like many people my age, started with My Chemical Romance. Love it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the best way to start. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it started with My Chem. Um, if I were to identify a band that maybe preceded that, it might have been Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, ever since I was just young, um, it's it's just sort of... I love the aggression. I love some of the technicality in it. I love, but I, I love the drums, the riffs, mm. um, just the, the anguish that a lot of those people bring into into the sound. And it's just, I don't know. Ever since I was a little baby botch, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a long and beautiful relationship that has never faltered. Yeah. Nice. Um... And like, were you, did you find it through, was it just because it was a, what was on the radio at the time as well? Or was it more of a, were you a MySpace kid like I was? I was too sheltered for MySpace. Um, but I can tell you very, very, very precisely uh, where I first heard My Chemical Romance. Um, I was nice. on Morton Island in a, in a campsite um, during the Christmas holidays, I think when I was 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my family uh, and uh, a family friend whose name is Brayden. Um, and mum and dad had bought a bunch of CDs for the trip. Um, yeah. We had this old Nissan Patrol that had like a six-pack of CD player. No, um, good. You could plug it into the into the entertainment unit up the front um, and we would just cycle through those CDs and on comes um, the Black Parade. Um, and I, I still remember from the the very first song, I'm sitting there just like just mind-blowing going, what is this? <laughs> um, asking dad a million questions and, you know, my dad is, um, he's, he, he doesn't really like that style of music. He's more into doof doof um okay like tomorrowland sort of stuff oh, wow, yeah yeah wow um he, he like his dream is to go to that music festival that's that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah my dad's sick um but yeah so he didn't really know mum didn't really know they just kind of saw it for on sale or something and all of us by the end of that trip were were singing the songs like on the way home and the, the boat ride was full of people just going, when I was a young boy, <laughs> <laughs> just crying. <laughs> That's a great story. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I can't think of a better album that you could sing along with as well at that time. Like that's, that's a great story to get into. It. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, um, yeah, I, it's a really fond memory. I love that memory. That's yeah, fake that's encapsulated, album. isn't it? It's like, your dad just goes to the server and picks out five CDs and and the Black Parade's in there. Like mm. how like how much more perfect a uh, like a dad move could you find? Yeah, oh, I could. I could. Yeah, I will just say in last week on our on our Blink episode, like I remember f- first time I discovered Blink, which was one of the bands that probably changed my approach to music. Was yeah, just one of those you know so fresh CDs, whatever they were in the late nineties. And Blink came on and then my whole family ended up loving it. So it's just, yeah, I think um, it's just funny like that, how it all works. Mm. I think um, one of the one of the follow-ups for um, My Chem was uh, I went from My Chem that back through like the old stuff, through like Green Day, Sum mm. 41, mm. Blink, nice. um, yeah, bands of that 
that sort of style. Um, I went on a big like pop punk alternative uh, journey for a little while there and, you know, went the long way around of getting into metalcore. Um, and it slowly got heavier and heavier. I remember, what, 20... When did, when did uh, Someday Came Suddenly come out? Oh, that would have been 2010, maybe? 2010. Yeah. So that would have put me in grade nine. Um, so I remember I remember getting Someday Came Suddenly, um, and that was one of my first forays into, like, crabcore, metalcore, that sort of stuff, and just became obsessed ever since. I just looked up. It was actually 2008. I was way off. 2008. Jesus Christ. That that doesn't feel right in my head for some reason. That That must have been... It would have been 12, so grade 7, maybe. Um, But, yeah, no, just um, whenever that album came out, uh, I remember just being obsessed with it. Um, I had this, this, like... I remember for Christmas one year, mum and dad got me like this little like CD player with like a, like a docking thing that you could put your your MP3 player on. Um, and it had a, it had a CD section and a cassette section and it would be, you could set the volume to just quiet enough that you could still sleep, but also hear it. And it wasn't so yeah. loud that it would like annoy anyone else in the house. So night after night, I would just have some day come suddenly on, like, <laughs> going, going to bed with the blissful sound of stick stickly in my ear. That's, um, that's quite a way to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I remember waking up very crabby. Oh, God. I like that. That's good. I'm showing my age here, but that, I was three years out of high school when that came out. Oh, no way. Probably chasing around motion city soundtrack tickets motion city time. soundtrack i love that oh man i'm i'm still trying to remember the the name of the album that i listened to um i was pretty early on into my foray with with that style of music but i remember there's just this one song that really that really stuck out to me i used to listen to it on the bus to work and stuff um, you know, by the time I was, you know, yeah, really young working age sort of thing. Mm. Um, if I can remember, I'll, it'll, it'll come to me halfway through this pod. <laughs> yeah, Motion City soundtrack song? Yeah. Oh, it'd be good to hear what it is because I know Dave and I, we've been debating a lot about yeah. which album we think is the best. Right. <laughs> yeah, about them in general. So right. I'm going to multitask here. I'm actually going to look it up. Um, I promise I'm not being rude, but this is going to annoy me. <laughs> um, so where is it? Cause I remember the, I remember the album cover. Mission City soundtrack. This is great. This is really great because yeah, Dave and I have literally been talking about it. Right, for so weeks. It was off the record. Go. It was. I think it might have been circuits and wires. Yeah. Um, it was either that or it was from Commit This to Memory and it was Better Open the Door. 
And that's a great song. Yeah. It was one of those. That's a really great song. Yeah. <laughs> so what was um what was the disagreement that you guys are having? What are your what are your top picks? I think we're just talking about which album really we think is probably their best or most defining. Mm-hmm. And this is probably where Dave and I we show our age a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so I think even if it kills me, that's uh, my favorite album. And I think it's probably I think I saw him at a Soundwave mm-hmm. when they were touring that album and it just kind of clicked. But I think Dave was a few albums before me, right? Yeah, like my favourite time, the movie. So that mm-hmm. came out when I was in like year 10 and peak sad boy emo era for me. So, And they're a great band that they've been able to kind of be that peak emo sad boy band, but for so many different like ages and generations. Like I feel like every person I meet that's in the scene one way or another mm has kind of had their songs from Motion City soundtrack that they've stuck with. Oh, absolutely. Um, I remember listening to Motion City soundtrack around the same time as I started listening to bands like Reliant K um, or, um, you know, Search the City um, and who else was it? It might have been Number One Gun around Mm. that time. Um, So... Yeah, just just a fascinating like sort of snippet of what music was like in that that area of yeah. uh, like alternative music. Um, I feel like Motion City soundtrack has that sort of timeless um, appeal. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's because they appeal to you as a as a teenager, and then realize that you've got the same problems as them when you're an adult. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, funny thing enough is that you do not outgrow it. <laughs> so I'm going to circle around back to the uh, the record talk. Um, mm-hmm. What was the first record that you purchased? The your, first for, record that I purchased. Um, now, uh, do we count ones that like, because my first record was a gift. Um, do we count that or do you want one that I spent my, like, my money on? Your money. Yeah, let's see what I you think... went and bought. The first one that I went out and bought might have been. This is actually really tough. Um, I think it might have been Architects. Oh, nice. Um, I think the first one that I spent my own cold hard cash on was Lost Forever, Lost Together, and it was the the picture disc. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. I like the picture just for that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really stunning, but this was also, uh, you know, long before I figured out that picture just sound like shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I remember, because the, the first record I got bought for me was from my older brother. He um, he got me for Christmas one year, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. Um, and... I remember just yeah getting a little bit obsessed um, and I went into like a bidding war on eBay and ended up getting Lost Forever Lost Together for like, I don't know, 70 bucks, um, yeah. which at the time was was really good. <laughs> um, so I, I, I can't be entirely sure, but I think I think that was it. That's a good they're good, they're good picks. They're, they're good first records. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was either that or it was, um, uh, my first one I might've bought with my own money may very well have been better weather by with confidence. Oh, also sad news. Do you see they're breaking up? I did. Yeah. Um, 
some pretty good memories associated with that that band. Also, really bad ones. Um, yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> a couple of creeps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, one of the um, the first records I bought was definitely them. Um, and another really early one was Red, Green, and In Between by Waster. Nice. I think I saw both of them at the same show once. I don't know. They, they definitely played together. Hmm. I saw them at the Prince Band Room in Melbourne. That was a great tour. That's when I first found out about them. Yeah. I love Waster. They're a, um, they've gone pretty strange uh, in terms of their sound, but it's not- Oh, really, their new music's a bit off. It's not the trajectory I kind of saw them going, but I think it may have been intentional um, to sort of break away from sounding like neck deep light. Well, I liked when they were neck deep light or wish.com neck deep. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then that, that first album, um, Identity Crisis. Oh, that was a good album. That they brought out after um, Ray Green or In Between, where they started moving away from that sound was pretty good. Um, mm. And then these new singles are just kind of strange. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. I guess looping up to today then, what was the last record you bought? The last record I bought, I um, spent a bit of dollary do's uh, yesterday on, on vinyl when I probably shouldn't have um, <laughs> the age old story, but uh, it was the devil wears Prada uh, color decay. Um, and I pre-ordered the, the sacrifice variant. So it's like the, mm-hmm. the green with clear and um, clear half with splatter all over. Yeah. That's a nice variant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yesterday I also got uh, the Death of Peace of Mind um, on that, that beautiful red, black, smashy sort of thing um, mm. that they did by Bad Omens. Um, so really, really cool. Um, excited to get those in hand. Yeah, those represses were good. I think a lot of people have been chasing Bad Omen stuff and I think the repress came at a good time. Yeah, Um I'm, I'm starting to, to start a move away from having multiple copies of, of a single record, but I couldn't resist with uh, the death of peace of mind that it was just mm. too pretty. Mm. Um, and I really, really liked that record. <laughs> Did you have a hard time picking a variant for the Devil Wears Prada? Because they have lots of nice <laughs> looking mods. I was looking at them yesterday and man, they like it'd be hard to pick one. I had, like, you know, with that first, like, sort of run that they did of pre-orders, um, they they went really quickly and then they did a second run and those went really quickly uh, and then mm-hmm. they had, like, sort of these these solid opaque, uh, like, grey and then there was a clear and then there was a solid gold one and I was sort of just waiting and biding my time and I remember looking at this one that was, like, a it almost looks like a butterfly variant where it's like uh, a bit of clear patch with like a white sort of body and then splatter all over it. I remember looking at that on that one when they released the pictures of what they look like. Um, and I've gone, damn, that's the one. Um, and I waited and I waited and waited and then push came to shove with the, when the presses came up live, I think yesterday. Um, mm. and my gut just said, no, nah, I'll go with the other one. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm. I was looking yesterday. I'm like, I haven't pre-ordered it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know even if I could pick one. I like the black and gold smash, but they make them look better in the mocks. 
than mm. the uh, than they come out. So yeah. the the gold looked really like really gold, and mm. uh, yeah, that would have came out awesome. I um mm. I cannot fault a single song that has been uh, dropped in in preparation for that record. They've been great. Mm-hmm. Even though, like, we were talking about it in one of our early apps, the two-tracker they released earlier in the year mm. blew me away. It kind of felt like, fuck, they're back, right? Yeah. And then every single scene's just built it on top of that. And, yeah. and, yeah, I agree. I can't wait. It's just such a, like, a, it, it's a perfect manifestation of every era that the Devil Wears Prada has had, and they've, like, sort of minted it into this one precise sound that I hope mm. they maintain for the remainder of their career because it is flawless. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty good. All right, so the next question, Borch, is the what was the first gig you've ever been to? First gig I ever went to was Soundwave 2015. I think it was Soundwave 2015. Um, if it wasn't Soundwave 2015, it was uh, Neck Deep and State Champs uh, Around the World Tour. Oh, wow. That was that show. Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. The co-header was sick, and I remember going to that one on my own. Um, loved it. Um, Soundwave, I went with one of my still best friends, uh, Jasmine, and, yeah, just that two-day of festival that eventually sunk the Soundwave ship uh, <laughs> was so sick. When they announced a two-day, I remember at the time being like, fuck, they're crazy trying to do all this. Mm-hmm. And Look, I loved it, but, yeah. Obviously didn't work as well as I thought. So. <laughs> I was too young and dumb to understand that it was a bad business move. Um, <laughs> yeah, say, I think we all were. <laughs> Even yeah. AJ was too young and dumb to, to admit it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> AJ, man. <laughs> he he was really like, I think, enemy number one in a lot of the scene for a few years there because bands just weren't even humouring the idea of coming to Australia yeah. after he fucked over so many people. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> I mean, I, I still have pretty strong feelings about how he's perceived uh, in the scene today. Like, his name comes up and everyone's sort of just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but occasionally he pipes up to give his, uh, like, two cents on, like, a like a festival that's coming up or, a uh, like, a band that's sort of doing stuff. And it's interesting, to say the very least. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Similar to the last lot of questions we asked, what was your most recent gig or what what gig you got coming up soon? The most recent gig I went to was Thousand Below uh, with Ocean Sleeper. Um, Yeah, nice. And there's a a bit of a story attached to that one because I didn't know who I was seeing when I was going to it. Um, So, like, I've I've loved Thousand Below for for years, but I didn't even know they were on the bill. Um, Mm. uh, I was in... Gimpy for a wedding that weekend and um, my little brother and his um, sort of partner. <laughs> I don't know what that situation is, um, <laughs> but they um, they asked me if I wanted to go gig with them. So I was like, sure, um, and bought the ticket without really looking at, like, um, who was who was playing. Um, went to this wedding in, in Gimpy, um, left the wedding to go to the gig, um, got to the gig just in time for Thousand Below, and I've gone, holy shit, I know this band. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't like they didn't really say who was coming on stage. It was as soon as he, as soon as he started singing, I've gone, 
fuck, no way. Um, how did I not know that Thousand Below were making their Australian debut? <laughs> That's so crazy. On a wedding day, too. So you were at a wedding. Were you suited up when you went to the show or did you get changed? Um, I luckily had um, packed a, a change of clothes, um, but I did very, very um, much consider walking into the gig in a, in a full suit, but I thought that, like, I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, the main thing was that, like, it was a new suit. So <laughs> like, yeah, fair, um, fair. Um, but I'm fairly sure going to gigs in a full three-piece suit, complete with a tie, is is you know in my future. So <laughs> love it. Um, I um I hope to see that one day. Yeah, yeah. photos are didn't happen. Yep. All right. Um, <laughs> like my little brother and his sort of partner, um, and I are flying down to to Melbourne for our next one. I think so. Um, nice. We're going to Cult Fest. Oh, very good. Oh, I'm coming down for that too. No way. So I might actually finally get to meet you in person. Jeez, I don't mind getting kissed by boys. <laughs> I can't wait. That's gonna be that's gonna be a crazy show too. Yeah. Um like a that that is an insane lineup. I, I can't think of a t I, I can't think of a better lineup I've seen in really since COVID, right? Hmm. Really looking forward to seeing Slanty Plant again. That'll be good. I've never seen them before. Oh, really? I think they played with North Lane when I was maybe a little bit off North Lane. Yep. Um, and I just, yeah, I spew and I missed it because when I realized that who they were, um, I should have just gone for the show anyway. But, yeah, so I can't wait. Tell you what, that was a pretty top-tier billing as well because you had North Lane, Counterparts, Silent Planet, and Void of Vision on the same bill. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, that was around the time Void of Vision was really starting to get quite big. Well, that was, I think, um, like Disturbia, that whole EP had just come out at the time. Um, and I and thought they were going to be one of the biggest bands in Australia to drop Hyper Days, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I should have gone to that show, but yeah, I just think North Lane. I mean, I'm not going to bring it up again. Dave's heard me talk about this story. I think nearly every episode or every week I bring it up in one way or another. But, um, yeah, I just wasn't – North Lane just wasn't doing it for me at the time, and I think just in protest I didn't go. Um, <laughs> Idiot. Hashtag Adrian. Yeah, I know. Hashtag. Anyways. anyways. Um, that, um, that show, like, I've got a pretty clear memory of um, just the moment that they they started playing Eclipse. Yeah. Um, mm. I can remember like it, it was at the Trifford, which is basically an old shipping container that has been, um, you know, sort of altered into like a like a big, a semi big, um, just gig room, and it's mm. really really sick and um, just moody uh, in some ways. And I remember the exact spot there where I was, where it, beca- it it went from chaotic, just violent moshing to a rave. Yeah, and I love was, that. Like, it was literally like click of your fingers, people like beating mm. the shit out of each other, throwing legs, throwing arms to just let's raise the roof a little bit. Um, and it was so sick. That that felt a little bit like North Lane's most recent tour. I, I definitely felt a bit of that vibe, which I loved. Like that was a good, that was a great show. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of love that. Yeah. It's um their their live sets now are some of the most immersive 
um, that you can go to. It's a light mm. show. It's um, really, really atmospheric. It's full of, um, you know, it's very feelings heavy. It's dancey. It's moshy. Um, sometimes both at once. Um, mm. Like, I don't know, you know, some of those songs from Obsidian, um, you know, it's particularly the the title track. Um, I, I just couldn't, I, before I got there, I couldn't see those those songs sounding as good as they did live. But then mm. when I was there, I was just shitting my pants. It was that awesome. Yeah. That was a really good show. Um, well, I think we're, it's about that time. Let's get into the playlist. So thank you so much for putting together the playlist. You know, uh, Dave and I have been listening to it, you know, probably for a week, but really I know it's, you've had it for a few weeks now. So thank you so much for that. Um, I guess before we get into the songs themselves, do you want to talk about your approach to the playlist? What kind of thoughts you went through as you were building it? Yeah. So when you guys, um, you know, sort of approached me with uh, coming onto the pod and putting together a playlist, um, it took on a couple of different forms. Um, originally it was like, I thought about, you know, doing songs that have inspired me or songs that show me what, like, music could be, um, mm. you know, songs that not only touched you but, like, just gave you some kind of, you know, re- redefinition of, uh, you know, how things can sound and what can be done in, a um, in like, sort of an alternative core sort of sound. Um, then the second iteration was things that, you know, I, I tried to pick a song from like each different stage of my interests. Um, mm. And then I kind of, I, I looked at it as a whole and I've gone, ah, look, it, as far as an hour of music goes, it just doesn't work that great. So I then decided, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and put on um, a bunch of songs that I'm just really fucking liking right, right now. Um, and there's a there's now a solid mix of pretty recent singles um, across a spectrum of different genres, as well as some deep cuts um, from some of my favorite bands. Um, my all time favorite song is in there, um, so yeah, it's um, kind of just a, a bit um, more of a reflection of sort of where I'm at with with music at the moment. Cool, Love that's that. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. I think with these, we, we don't really want to kind of set the rules or anything. It's just come with songs and let's just talk about them because everyone has a story for something, right? So, yeah. um, And, you know, most of these songs have a have a story attached to them in some way or form. If it's not the song, it's the artist. So yeah, um, I'm really, really excited. It's, um, it's a fun hour. Cool. Well, let's kick it off. So the first track uh, that you've got in the playlist is a new track, Alpha Wolf and Holding Absence, 60 Centimeters of Steel. Uh, Talk us through that. Um, This song is just fucking perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there is no part of this song that makes me go, I would have done this differently. I I, I wasn't expecting that. It was like... The, the the solid mesh between two completely different contrasting styles of musicians to come together and create this this blistering heavy aggressive but also quite heartfelt um, mm. song that just it, it hits hard it, it it feels like a party and then there's just like those those meaty drums the the tone that Lockie from Alpha Wolf is able to hit and then 
Lucas um, delivering, you know, uh, that that classic sort of style vocal that he had on the on the self-titled mm. album. Um, it's just so it, it was such an interesting song um, that the first time I heard it. I remember just sitting there for a solid like 60 seconds, just trying to process what I'd just heard. Um, <laughs> and I immediately started talking to my friends, uh, Archer Leo and uh, Rewa, um, about like, shit, I think I want to get this tattooed. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. Um, like I haven't got any tattoos yet, but I, I immediately started coming up with ideas. So, um it was a that 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 song right off the bat was an all timer. I like that. That's um, man. I don't think I I can't think of the last time I had a song that's done that to me. So yeah, me too. For a new song to do that, that's pretty. That's pretty special. Hey, I've I've got two like that in this uh, in this playlist. New tracks. Yep. Oh, okay. Keen to keen to dive into that. Yeah, I think this EP for me was an interesting one. Um, my relationship with. Holding Absence and Alpha Wolf have probably gone up and down over the last few years. Mm. Alpha Wolf have probably really only gotten into their newer stuff like the start of the year, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, like I probably dropped off after Fault and then I didn't pick up the album because I just think it was hyped so much. Mm. And, you know, I wasn't really talking to people in the scene as much through that first kind of bit of lockdown. And yeah, I just didn't listen to it much. And then uh, Holding Absence, I love their first stuff. I love the singles they released before the last album. Um, but then the album came out and similarly, I didn't give it as much love at the time. Um, and so this EP, I think just is so much new stuff coming at me in different angles that I haven't been able to process it that way. So, um, but no, I think how you describe the song is a great way. I just don't think I've responded to it like that yet. What about you, David? What's, um, like your relationship with, uh, Alpha Wolf and Holding Absence like? So... I'd never heard of Holding Absence until they bought out uh, The Greatest Mistake of My Life. And and same with Alpha Wolf. I kind of like didn't avoid them. They just weren't really in my in my lane. And they're still kind of not. But I we had tickets to go and see them, see Alpha Wolf, and I got COVID. But I really dove deep into to Alpha Wolf. And this split is really interesting to me as well. But for a different reason, I think that um, Alpha Wolf kind of dropped their their heaviness, but then Alpha uh, like, uh, sorry Holding Absence kind of lifted their their intensity, so they kind of went back to that uh, self titled sound where Alpha Wolf kind of didn't want to blow Holding Absence out of the water in those mm. splits, so they kind of met in the middle. And like yeah. I think sixty centimeters of steel is like as he said, like the, the the best song in that split and the best way you could incorporate those two types of bands, I think. Like, you couldn't have it two songs cut together or anything like that. They've, like, really worked really hard on on, on um, synergy for, for the two different sounds. That's a, that's a solid interpretation. Like, 60 Centimetres of Steel is such an interesting way of, um, I guess, you know, fusing two very different styles of music um, and making something just insane out of it. I agree. It's so good. It's so cool because then it's just going to help other bands do this. Like, I love splits. Like, all the the hardcore splits, that's like, it's awesome where two bands are covering each other and stuff like that. But it's going to hopefully bring in a new kind of era of like these two 
polar opposites kind of coming together to to spread the spread the mm. spread the the love of the scene. Hmm. So it, it was a sharp tone project, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'd love to see a series of sharp tone splits. I'd, yeah, I'd love to see more just Aussies getting involved with, like, I remember Trophy Eyes in Boston Manor were real tight there for a minute, like, always on socials going back and forth, and they they featured on, well, John featured on a Boston Manor song. I want more of that. Like, I want more international bands partnering with Aussie bands because I think it'll bring those international bands here. 100%. And then hopefully those Aussie bands over there as well. So, yeah, I, lo- I love the idea of the splits. Yeah. So we're going to cool. play 60 centimeters of steel now. And we'll be back in a second. Fuck yeah.
All right, so that was Alpha Wolf and holding it, holding absence, 60 centimeters of steel. After that, we had Pale Dusk Slay featuring Hideyoshi. Is that how I say it? And the last mm-hmm. track we had there was uh, Within Destruction with Survival. Some pretty, pretty in your face tracks right there. Mm. Yeah, like I, um, when I was putting this together, it's like I, um, late last year and early this year, um, I've started getting more into, you know, stuff that's just a little bit more in your face, a little bit more aggressive and, um, you know, bordering on deathcore. Um, and then you've got, you know, bands like Pale Dusk who really, to me, are effectively reinventing the wheel. Um, there's, there's so much going on in every Pale Dusk track that it, it's really hard to qualify what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of it seems to serve a purpose for the overall song. And, um, it's just so entertaining. Every song feels like a party with Pale Dusk. Um, yeah, yeah. you, know, you got bits of, you know, you got like the sexy saxophone, you got, um, you know, you got anime core with, um, you know, a couple of other tracks like, uh, Triple B. Um, so they're, they're just a band that have been on my radar for a little bit now, but... This, uh, this track was just, it, it was the one. There is so much interesting shit in that song. You got rap, you got jazz, you got fucking, you know, balls to the wall. Um, <laughs> it's, it's everything in, in a three, four minute little nut, and it's awesome. Totally. I have it in my notes. Is this would be like Enji Shikari playing Deathcore, I think, is like <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Because they're very similar, but they're a bit more punk-sided. And a bit pop, I think a little bit poppier, but it's like, it's just insane. It was so hard for me to try and keep tabs on what was happening. And if so, I had to check a couple of times mm-hmm. if I was still listening to the same song or if like Spotify <laughs> just tripped me off somewhere else. When you think you've figured out the rhythm, it goes ahead and pulls the fast one on you. Yeah. Um, just when you think it's like established a tempo, surprise, bitch, <laughs> like, we're going another way. Um, and I have it on good authority from, uh, my little brother, Zach, um, who got to see him on that, um, uh, metalcore snitches, uh, tour with Alpha Wolf that they, they pull it off live too. So really, I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say I was at that show and got there early because I think I kept confusing myself who Pale Dusk were with another band. Mm. Um, I'm not sure why because I've never seen anything like it. Like that was the most energy I've ever seen from an opener ever in my life. Like doing flips, like playing Eminem as they're coming out. Like it was, it was absolutely batshit crazy. And uh, yeah, they're, they're crazy. I love it. Mm. I think um, like survival by within destruction felt like it was a good follow up to, to that song uh, just in, in terms of playing order, just cause it has that that really interesting sort of sound to it, where it has bits of uh, you know synth um, and like sort of clubbiness to it, um, particularly in the intro, um, and then sort of blended with some really really cool deathcore sounds. 
Um, and part of why I love it is that, you know, you can't go past a song that, that literally uses Goku saying Kamehameha. So. Yeah, fuck you. That was the coolest thing yeah. of the whole part. I was like, fuck, that's unreal. Yeah. So I hadn't heard this song before. Absolute belter of a sample. Like, yeah. everyone should do that. And perfectly placed. Like, more oh, so fans good. should really be exploiting that. <laughs> um, nothing is more metal than Goku going Super Saiyan, baby. Got to say, with within with within destruction. So I listened to their last album, which I thought was great. But their new singles, I feel like, is something else. I don't know what your thoughts are on this board because I know you're excited for the album. Mm. Um, but these singles, and I went on a bit of a binge after hearing it in the playlist, and his vocals. I don't know. It just feels like a whole nother level, mm. um, crazy. And yeah, he's got an amazing voice. He's doing something with his tone um, and some yeah. of the notes that he's hitting and holding that I I, I just love. Um, it wasn't quite there in the in the previous record, um, which, mind you, is so sick. A mm. um, couple of those tracks on that on that previous record um, are insane, but these these singles that they've been putting out, they're not just heavy, but they're really fun. Um, and at the moment. Um, I'm really enjoying singles from typically quite heavy bands that make you feel like you're having fun too. Because um, mm. I think too much of deathcore, too much of metalcore takes itself so seriously. Um, and I really like that, you know, Pale Dusk within Destruction, you know, a couple of bands like, I mean, I think even to an extent Lorna Shaw are taking the piss at the minute. Um, and there's just so, so, some like just something so good natured about that um that you can have you know blistering you know drum blast beats and um you know crushing riffs but still feel like you're having a fucking party um you know i would have no qualms about dancing to survival you know yeah I could definitely that. need to clip that up, Dave. That is perfect. The metalcore does take itself too seriously. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it has for years, man. Like it's it, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I like that a lot of the musicians now. I mean, at least in since I would say since the beginning of COVID, um, have really just been like, yeah, fuck, fuck the rules. Let's play with it. Make it fun. Yeah. And I actually think that's probably with a lot of not just metalcore and I guess heavier stuff. Like I think even with pop punk, mm. I'm not saying that, um, you know, these SoundCloud rappers go on pop punk are kind of making bands that are traditionally pop punk, you know, maybe just lo- lo- loosen up a bit because I do feel that like you look at the new State Chance album, State Champs album, um, the new Neck Deep single, I think they're just fun. And I think that bands are kind of, like you said, taking it less seriously and just trying to have a good time. And that was my point, Dave. Stop shaking your head <laughs> i have never seen a man try to resist like reaching through a screen and choking someone out in that I way just, i thought he was just gonna say those three letters again for the fourth episode in a row but it's all good we'll leave him there but i do agree i think the um covid's changed a lot of people's outlooks on like everything and mm-hmm. People are sick of writing about sad stuff all the time. When you're sad at home, stuck inside, this is write something about hope, like like that neck deep single. It's not about hope; it's just about shutting the fuck up. So, like, yeah. it's just it's just fun. It's just awesome. It's just yeah. it's good to see <laughs> like, people 
having fun with it because that's that, what... that sentiment that you just brought up about um so speaking of uh you know cheeky plugs listen to sentiment um but <laughs> um bands that like sort of figured well we're kind of sick of writing about being sad all the time when um void of vision dropped dominatrix and into the dark um from their chronicles ep series uh i think it was earlier this year right Mm. um you know the the whole thing was just like wow these guys just they're trying to have fun with it and there's something you have to respect about that it's just so good I think Void are actually leading the way because even with their Redux album, I felt those songs just were fun and like getting people like Echo Vandal on the track, like that's still one of my favourite features of that year. And I think just having fun with it and kind of collaborating and yeah, I think yeah, you know, it's a Dominatrix and Into the Dark fuck so hard. <laughs> I um I really could not believe that Mr. Bergen can sing the way that he does. Um, it, I think it, it took everyone by surprise um what what a what a power move was it the what was the second one because the first one i didn't completely vibe with but i remember when the sec when the second one came out but was saying please go listen to it it's really good and i did like the second i can't remember which one it was um i think the second single that they dropped from that run must have been i can probably find out actually um where are we void of vision Chronicles 2, I think it went from, I'm not going to get it, um, but I, I remember, I, I do remember talking to you and being like, when they dropped that second single, I think it was Dominatrix. It's the mm. real clubby sounding one, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's the one. Yeah. Um, you know, put on your put on your tight leather and dance, like something that could have been put in the Matrix. There's going to be a third one to that, right? Yeah. Like some physicals for that too. That'd be great. <laughs> awesome. So um, the next one we've got is Time by the Devil Wears Prada. So we spoke about them earlier. This is a banger of a single. So I want to hear your thoughts, Borchi. Yeah, man. I um, This is another one of those new singles that after that, from the very first, like that, that lead in hook, um, there's something I can't just like as soon as that as soon as that started and they got through that very first uh, sing songy part um, and it leads into those drums and the riff. Um, I remember getting to the end of that and just going, "This this is going to be in my top ten top ten favorite songs of all time." Like no pun intended, but right off the bat, <laughs> <laughs> it um. I remember that was a, I think it must've been, it was during the school week. Um, and I've like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a teacher. Um, and I've got a couple of, like a couple of kids in my grade 12 classes that like we, we come to school each week with songs to exchange with one another. Oh, so it's cool. like, um, you get to the, the Wednesday lesson, uh, and we will go, I listened to this song this week or this came out and you know, we'll, we'll just trade and then we'll listen. <laughs> Um, and then we'll come back the next week and go, oh, this song was good, this song was bad, like that sort of thing. Um, and I remember telling this kid, um, you know, right away when I was advertising this song going, this is an all-timer. Um, and the kid goes, I don't even know what that means, but I'll, I'll take the word for it. <laughs> um, and um, 
just the 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 way um, that they sing, the screams feel so powerful, and just the arrangement of the song. It, it's got some. It's got like a um, like a real pop sort of infused sound to it, particularly with the bridge um, and the chorus. That really makes you feel like not only are you uh, listening to something that is quite uh, like emotional, quite um, mournful in some ways, but you're also listening to something that is yeah, fun. Again, it comes down to fun. Mm. Um, you know, I whenever I cook, I like to I like to dance a little bit because um, I'm a fucking idiot. But um, <laughs> it's probably a fire hazard. But um, you know, I always find myself just sort of, you know, dancing a little bit when I'm listening to that one. And, yeah, it's that that song was really a game changer. New music has been insane. And for that song to stand atop so many others in its, in its competition, man, I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to, how to do it justice. But, <laughs> yeah. I think... You've done a pretty, I think you've done it a lot of justice. Yeah. I think when I remember when the song came out and you blown up the inbox straight away, like <laughs> guys, this song fucking slaps, go listen to it. I don't think you gave away too much except for the fact that you really loved it. And I love the previous singles and I'm probably early Devil Wears Prada fan more so than their newer stuff. But like you said, I, I don't know what it is, but there's a, there's probably a justice in the balance in this song mm-hmm. rather than it feeling forced. It feels really natural. Um, and organic, I guess, where they got to at that point in the, in their songwriting. And yeah, I think it's a great track. And this album's definitely going to be one to watch for the back end of the year because how soon? It's like October, right? Yeah. Not far away. Organic is the word that I was looking for. Like, yeah. it's such an organic, natural progression for where they're at as a band, as, as a collective, as writers, as musicians, that it feels like the perfect representation of what that band can do where not only does it take that softer side that they've established ever since, you know, Roots Above with songs like mm-hmm. Loud Thunder or stuff from the act where it's a little bit like edgy, emo sort of infused um, yeah. songwriting, but then they take, you know, like your, like your Roots Above, um, you know, zombie style of riff and mm-hmm. breakdown and drumming particularly Um to, to create this thing that for a solid, you know, four minutes or whatever, you are completely focused, completely immersed in this world that they're crafting because they have perfected their songwriting to merge all, to, to merge fucking burning and <laughs> blinders, um, but uh, to, to, to really merge everything that they have done across their entire career into this, this this nugget of beauty that 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 song is love that can i just say i just checked i was wrong it comes out on friday How, uh, oh shit october comes out on friday not october so um how good someone check on borchi on friday because he's not going to be okay <laughs> <laughs> how about you dave what's, uh, what's your vibe on the song i really enjoyed it so like i'm like I've listened to The Devil's Prada through, throughout the years and, like, I remember seeing this song come out and the comments were, oh, this isn't heavy at all, blah, blah. Like, he's, you see the comment sections when people put it, share it in groups and stuff and 
I think the way you just described it was like was perfect. It doesn't things don't have to be heavy, rah rah heavy, like breakdowns every thirty seconds, stuff like that to be heavy. Um, mm. I think it's the perfect mix with some breakdowns with the 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 softer vocals and and stuff like that, where it, it really kind of will draw a few few more people in and keep people interested and. Like I'm a huge fan of like post hardcore, so that really appealed to me. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to Friday now. Hmm. I haven't actually thought. I don't think there's been an album that I've been. I mean, obviously not that. I mean, I'm excited, but I didn't know it's coming out this week. But I think that's probably the biggest one since Dance Cap and Dance for me. Cancelled. Um... I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna. Be, I, I'm gonna. Be very interested to see how it's all being put together. Because hmm. hmm. all those singles that they've released really, um, like they they work together, but they're all quite different. So um, I think the the best one for me was um, up until time came out was uh, sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and that that song feels completely different to what um, you know Salt and uh, Watchtower. Um, did. So I'm I'm very curious to see how it all fits into what I feel is like a Colour Decay strikes me as like almost like they're doing a narrative thing again. Um or mm. there are hints of it. Um so I, I'm really curious to see how it all fits together and sonically, uh, when you listen to it from track one to through to track however many there are, um, you know, how it all fits together. Well, just looking, and yeah, Salt and Watchtower are tracks two and three. Mm. Sacrifice is six, and Time is eight. So I feel like as the album goes on, I mean, that makes sense because Salt and Watchtower are more similar, I would say, you know, compared to what Time and Sacrifice would be. Mm. So yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great album. Hopefully it is put together well. Yeah, I, um, yeah, no, you're right. It, it feels like um, they might sort of start with the the more... I guess darker, heavier, more aggressive stuff, and then sort of taper off um, yeah. towards the end. But you know, uh, talk to me on Friday um, if I'm functional, and um, <laughs> we'll. Uh, I guess I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's play it now, and um, we got a few more songs after that. So, yeah, let's get into it. Hell yeah. There's something I can't share It's just too hard to explain I'm barely holding on It happens every day Like a desperate dream That never goes away I'm barely holding on I'm lost
against my sense I'm not okay But I can try my best to just pretend So will you wait me So uh, we just heard a good few tracks there, some some big ones too, heavy hitters uh, for the year. So after time by the Devil Wears Prada, we were blessed with one seven one XO by Thousand Below, and then just pretend by Bad Omens. Um, there's some big tracks, Borch. Oh, man, um, Bad Omens. Um... Like I, I, I really just cannot wait to see that band live in in Australia. Um, like I, I, I've fallen head over heels so hard for that band that I, I, I've even looked at going overseas to go see them. 
Um, really? And it's like to to pull off what they did with the record that they released as a follow-up to Finding God Before God Finds Me um, mm. and to be as successful as it has is insane to me. Um, so The Death of Peace of Mind is such an interesting record and to me Just Pretend stands out from every other track on there because there's something almost almost churchy about it um yep. particularly with that bit where towards the end where it just goes quiet and it's just his voice in what sounds like he's in a, a big empty church mm. um like it, there's a there's a real sleep tokeny vibe about it there's like a hosier sort of vibe about it and there's this like sort of cadence that he's hitting with his voice that just really it really just makes you feel um and of of all the songs on there um it's and even from most of their their catalog honestly that song is just uh, i don't know i don't know how to describe it it's it's awesome um and completely different from just about their entire discography mm. i will say especially with bad omens i'm not one to ask i've only got into them maybe in the last three months and just on the back of the hype i've been hearing about the new album I don't know where I was when their other albums came out because they're also widely loved as well. Mm. I've come to learn, um, but I'm really enjoying them, especially mm. after listening to them a lot more on the back of the the playlist you put together. Um, but I don't know why I just missed them. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. I didn't even really know they were a band. I'd seen the name a few times, and then we saw the represses pop up during the week, and I was like, I don't know where I've been. So <laughs> I really pull all of them look familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this song was awesome. Like it's very, as you said, I get that church vibe and it's like preaching in like a good way. And he's got a mm. great voice. Actually, if he would sing for sleep token, I'd probably buy a sleep token record. <laughs> I can't do the, the sleep token singer, but that's another story. No, it's interesting um, you should say that because um, I've only just jumped on to the sleep like sleep token wagon, and I'm still not entirely sold on his voice. Mm. Um, he's got this like, it, it, to me, sometimes it sounds like he's singing with his mouth full. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of very nasally. Yeah, I, I kind of see what you mean. Um, but like, chewing with your mouth open, sort of like mouthful, you know. Um, yep. But. They're, they're, they're an interesting band to me because I, I don't really know where they fit into the wide spectrum of, um, like, sort of alternative, like, yeah, I don't really know where they fit into and it's just, like, interesting to me. Yep. They're, they're their own thing, that's for sure. But mm. um, going back to Bad Omens, I think that, um, yeah, he's got a great voice and that's just, it's, it's piqued my interest. So mm. I'll be definitely checking them out more. I can probably qualify why you guys missed them, though. Like, Bad Omens slipped under a lot of people's radars. Um, and I remember their name started to make sort of tracks after um, they dipped from a um, from a tour with uh, Amity Affliction. And I think it was... Um, 
they're another big band. I can't remember what like that they their mascot. This is. wasn't the this wasn't the tour where they were complaining about the size of the Yeah, yeah, allegedly. Oh no. Um, oh no. Yeah. So, <laughs> like the thing that they um they got accused of doing was like having a hissy fit about like the size of their like their logo on the on the tour poster. Um yeah. frankly, like it's such a bizarre story. <laughs> like, <laughs> way that I like interpret that story is that the the, the two bigger bands, like, I can't remember who the other band was. Their mascots, like the little skelly guy. Um, I can't. I'm I'm gonna look it up right now as you tell the story because I remember when that happened. I was like, "Fuck! What are you kidding me?" Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, I remember Bad Omen's response to that was releasing a shirt with like a really small like font. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Um, it was really funny, but um, their name started to sort of get picked up, uh, at least in this country around that point. But yep. when they were sort of up and coming, they sound that this was around the time that Bring Me the Horizon were coming off the back of That's the Spirit um, and were starting the writing on Ammo. And Bring, sorry, Bad Omens sounded a lot like um, Sempaternal Era. Bring Me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's why a lot of people fell in love with them, much in the same way that we were talking how Neck Deep and Waster have a very similar sound. Waster was Neck Deep's, uh, you know, Neck Deep Light. Bad Omens was Bring Me's Bring Me Light. Um, and they started to experiment as they got further in um, and have now come into their own as a fully-fledged, fully-realised um, group that has just a just an awesome, awesome blend of uh, different, I guess, sonic sensibilities. Yeah, you could tell they were talented just from that one song. Mm. And, um, yeah, it just, yeah, sounded awesome. So I, I just, um, I've dug, dug it up. <laughs> this is, uh, this is very hilarious. So it was, this is the poster. We'll post on Instagram. Awesome. So it was with Fail. the Amity Affliction and Census Fail, yeah. uh, the supports from Bad Omens and Belmont. Mm. Um, so I remember when this came out and there was that this whole debate, but I didn't realize who the band was until you just triggered my memory. Hmm. The, the Abbey Affliction put out a statement. I'm just going to read it out because this is quite funny. It reads, we have to let you know the bad omens have pulled out of this tour. They were unhappy about the size of their name on the artwork and felt the need to pull out the day after we announced. <laughs> Both the Amity Affliction and Senses Fail are working hard to find a replacement and we look forward to sharing that with you as soon as possible. Bad omens have yet to respond. <laughs> So that's probably why they went under the radar because probably, I don't know, maybe no one in Australia wanted to highlight that. I remember um, a couple of the, like a couple of public responses to that um, from different social groups and stuff. And um, like the, the common sort of sentiment I sort of saw throughout different parts of the scene was that like, you know, fuck uh, Census Fail and fuck Amity Affliction, who are two massive bands picking on a really small one. Mm-hmm. Um, when, like, I don't know, you, you do a little digging and I, 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 I just don't know how true that story is. Can I just say, uh, the recent story that's piqued my interest that I just started thinking about on the back of this, Census Fail also just cancelled a big headline tour yep. that they had with... Um, we came as Romans and counterparts and see space cowboy because they wanted to go and support. I think it might've been the used. Was it? Yep. 
I think. Or they, yeah, and they cancelled their tour really close to it to the point that um, you know, counterparts and Brendan really vocal on Twitter dragging them, and I think it's just a funny story. Yeah, Not related, but I think it's just funny. Census Fail are a shit fucking band, um, full of shit people. So like, I don't know. I've been listening. I, I, I like the early stuff, but. Um, that's um i'm, that's also, I'm, I'm, like, I, I'm not gonna get on the the amity affliction hate wagon because like nobody wants to sit here and listen to Borchi tear amity a new one for an hour <laughs> do you actually not like amity i, I fucking hate him <laughs> oh really um right, well, my, like i have to do a debate pod not just when we do amity. <laughs> but as as people i think they're dodgy people so um not obviously i can only say that very loosely because i don't know them like just yeah, the, the, <laughs> the public yeah. interactions are so toxic and gross. Yep, it doesn't help. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it does not help at all. <laughs> but um, to to sort of wrap up that bracket, um, Thousand Below are, are a band that I think should should be on everyone's radar. Um, they've got like sort of a like cult following, uh, I feel, um, and just the 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 discography that they have so far is immaculate um gone in your wake um was probably one of my favorite albums of of that year that it came out um and you know there's a song with marcus bridge uh featuring on there um and 171 xo is just such a fun uh but still emotional song it gets you bopping though yeah you just like yeah we can Um, go to this summer summer driving song yeah it's it's a really good one when you're um because i I spend a lot of time driving between gladstone and brisbane which is a it's a six hour drive right and Mm. um, 171xo is on every single playlist because it's like (laughs) windows down um sort of you know hair in the wind um summary but also you know just sad enough to be like well this is still reflective of what i like in my music um <laughs> um so yeah it's just great band everybody should simp yeah and i, and I was gonna say did you see him on the show but you literally told us that story before so. yeah. <laughs> yeah um speaking of bloody um james the the front man is the sweetest human being i oh, love that he looks like a um like a soft um like e-boy Sam Carter. Really? Yeah, like when you see him in person, he's like a like a smaller, more e-boyish Sam Carter. Um but he's just he's just so so personable and friendly and um genuinely grateful for the opportunities that he's got. Um, yeah, he, he made time to, to speak to all these uh, Australian fans at the, at the merch desk and was taking photos with people. And my friend Archer got a photo with him at the, at the I think, the Sydney show. Um, I saw that one, actually, yeah. Yeah, so just, yeah, beautiful band, beautiful people, um, great songwriting. And, like, surprise, he... Um, he really surprised me during his set when he um, he hit the crowd with a with a piggy. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he, he did a he did a pig squeal during. I think um, it wasn't Venenosa. It was uh, gone. No, nah, I'm not gonna gone to me. Maybe, um, but 
yeah, it was a it was a really solid deathy brie. Um, and I love me love me a dirty brie. Yeah, how good's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think a little bit different to those two songs, um, in some ways, and we'll talk to the first song in the next bracket. Um, is "Safety" by Relica featuring Sean Hermanis. Uh, what are your thoughts? I've got thoughts on this band and song, but I want to hear yours. Um, they are just my favorite Australian up and comers, like by leagues. Um, the, the technique that Monique, uh, has to be able to hit those notes and hold those notes and switch between like these really beautiful, soulful, um, emotive, higher notes to these deep sort of att- attitude um, fast spitfire, like almost rapping in some ways, um, wow. to then go ahead and at a moment's notice hit these really long, powerful, ballad-like, um, just it's, it's prog. And yeah. what I love about that is that um, in, a, in Australia's sort of up-and-coming you know, scene, you, you just don't have any other bands like that. Um, like I'm sure there are, you know, more, um, you know, more prog bands out there, but none of them can pull them off like Relica can. Um, and to get Sean Hermanis from Make Them Suffer um, to, to make a little cameo in this really like rounds out the song. Um mm. And I, um, I'm very, very much looking forward to, um, I don't know, what's it called? I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. Uh, their EP um, to be mm. pressed on vinyl because, um, you know, AVBC have been teasing that for the last week. Fairly um, yep. sure that drops tomorrow. I've seen just on the side, I've got a few group chats that are blowing up being like, is that what it is? Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's been a teaser posted while we've been recording. So. <laughs> um, it's, uh, yeah, I remember when they did like the, they, whoever their, their marketing person is for their Instagram, they did like yeah. the six tiles or nine tiles or whatever um, yeah. in lineup. And I remember zooming in on one part of it and going, that's, that's Monique's eye. <laughs> oh really um, from that from the artwork uh, that they released for this single i've gone oh yeah i know that means that they're doing they're doing relica um which i'm very excited about yeah, yeah I'm, ke- I'm keen to um to see that so this is a band that they were the first band i saw when i moved to sydney mm-hmm. they supported um thornhill on the dark pool tour and obviously new to sydney i went early seeing all the bands i can and i literally was in awe they are so cool, mm. and I think um, more. I didn't know about them. I didn't even know they were a band until I moved to Sydney. And now I've seen them pop up. They played what Anivax Fest or whatever that was called, Monolith. Mm. <laughs> um, they played what the um, Caliugas Horse, right? They supported there. Yeah, uh, Cal- yeah like they're, they're they're popping up with some big bands. So they're, they're I'm keen to like see them. Carnival, I think. Yeah, this weekend um, or mm. next weekend, but. They also did um, what was that festival? Um, it was the one that they they, they had the festival um, and then they announced the oh full tilt, um, and that was that was really cool because I think they opened uh, full tilt in Brisbane. And oh, cool! It was insane. That was um, I remember bullying my entire posse 
and going, we are sick yeah. that we're not missing it. Um, <laughs> That's so good. They're all going to come and vibe with me. Um, but it's like their live shows are just so interesting because it's not just, it's not just, you know, Hey, we're, we're doing a performance. Like they're, they're, you know, doing these really interesting, like sort of dances, they're hyping each other up and they're really wholesome and sweet. And then they've got just the, the way that their, their songs transition into one another is really cool. Yeah. I agree. Well, let's load it up. I'm keen to, yeah. Um, yeah, listen to it. I just, one more thing before we play it. I thought, um, Sean was a singer from House vs Hurricane. He does not sound like himself there. I thought it was a singer from from House vs Hurricane. When I listened to this, I had no idea this these guys were a band until uh, Pikey shared them on his story for for Monolith Festival. It's mm. crazy. Yeah, it's um the the tone that Sean's like sort of sticking with uh, in this track is very very House vs Hurricane. Mm. It's sick. I didn't even recognize his voice because it's not even remotely uh, make them sufferish. But that's that's sick that he's got that range. Thoughts as a whole, though. What uh, what did you like the track? Hate the track? I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I need to give them some more time. Obviously, we need to to pump these Australian bands more and more. So um, yeah, they're they're on the rotation for sure. That um doomed mr magic bearer of bad news like so many good tracks um i think doomed is their number one single on their spotify at the minute and there's a really good reason for that it's it's just really really interesting um super prog um and again just full of attitude and i really really like that nice and if they come to melbourne dave you got to go see them because they like I think they they're different live. Like you, they'll win you over if you they haven't won you over yet. Okay, cool. When they start doing like headline tours, which if if they're gonna if they're gonna make it like make it make it, this is gonna be the EP that does it. And then they'll put mm-hmm. out an album and they'll be doing national tours in no time. Um, in which case we'll all go together. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of the bracket. It goes just once more in 
got me thinking I'm better off Sipping on medicine to the coffee What kind of warning label safety First thing cushions, experimentation
Oh, that was a that's a good bracket right there. So we just came out of slowly, slowly's ten leaf clover. Uh, before that, we had holding absence in circles, and at the top we had safety by Relica. So let's get into it. Um, in circles, Borchi. In circles uh, comes off uh, holding absences, uh, the greatest mistake of my life, which. I don't know, for, for, for people who have been under a rock for like the last year and a bit, that album is just, it's something else. Mm. Like, there is not a song on that album that I skip. Um, it's my most spun record since I since I got it on wax. Um, like, I got that, that funky, like, ox blood and white sort of blendy one. Yeah, cool. Um, but that the whole production of that record from the aesthetics to the visuals to the music videos to the lyrics to the performances themselves it it, it tells a story um yeah. and it, in circles it, it sort of hits towards the i want to say towards the the back end of the middle um on that record and it's the one that i always come back to because it's just got such like a nice soaring chorus um like it's, it's kind of floaty in some ways and it's got this really quiet sort of build up and then you get into the chorus and it's like the sort of thing where you picture a bird flying, um, but the bird is sad. Um, <laughs> um, it's a crying bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a crying bird. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a Dracula uh, pit cockatoo. Um, such like weird looking birds, but um, that, that song to me showcases what Lucas Woodland, like not only what Lucas Woodland can do with his voice, but what that band can do when they work really, really closely together on a sound that they're trying to hit. Um, instrumentally, um, particularly with the with the bass guitar, it's got this like nice sort of just it's paced so effectively and it holds it, holds it, holds it, and then just bang like you're in the chorus and you're ready to go and you're you're feeling all this this cacophony of emotions as um lucas is bringing it home with his uh just i don't know what note he's hitting but that dude's voice never fails to make you feel um but you know that 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 song lyrically is is really interesting to me um i know a lot of musicians talk about you know things being quite you know cyclical in terms of relationships and you know life itself um you know progress um you know falling back into old habits that sort of thing but Mm -hmm. i don't know just i like the simplicity of the song it's really beautiful yeah i can see that and one thing i love about this song is it's something that phil and i you and i talk about a fair bit is a song that the music set makes you feel a certain way and that's good. makes you feel good. And then the lyrics kind of bring you back down. Mm. And the perfect example for, for, for us, I think, or for me especially is Touche Amore's Harbour. And it's Mm. like such a devastatingly sad song, but the music just makes you feel so good. And, and you just, it kind of levels it all out for you. And I think, in circles does that really really well like you Hmm. 
you're singing along and and then you realize what you're singing along to and about and you feel good and then you're like oh man that's that sucks like it's yeah yeah it brings like you back it, down really quickly but it's that's the beauty of music i think hmm. yeah because like i am um, you know I, I know i've you know talked about a couple of different songs that just like you know instant favorites and stuff that makes you feel but i remember the first time i listened to to in circles um you know i was you know in a new town having you know, moved away from home and, you know, that sort of thing, like to, to do, um, like a, a new school. Um, so I've moved away from everything I've known and loved and all that jazz. And it just sort of like got me at that perfect time in my life where I've been in this new place for, for just long enough where I'm starting to get used to it, but not like, I'm not fully there yet. Um, I remember, whacking on the album or when the single came out, I can't remember which order it was, but I remember getting to the end of that song and just feeling it in my chest. Like there was like a physiological reaction to that song. Um, I was driving home on a particularly just tough day from work and going, wow, I feel both better, but I'm also like quite sad because of this song. And it's exactly as David says, it, it, it's very intentional in the way that it's trying to make you feel. Um, and that's a result of what, what is ultimately a quite hopeful sound um, of, the, of the song with really quite sad lyrics. You guys have both just summed it up perfectly, pretty much exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> wrote down. <laughs> you guys have quite articulated. And I think that's why I... Um, I think I love this album so much, and this song's a great like reflection, I guess, of the album. Uh, just by that, so I'm, I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. You guys have summed it up perfectly, but like I love music where I can listen to it both when I'm sad and happy, or wanting to feel something happy. Oh. And I think you know I've this really weird relationship with music where it could be the most depressing lyrics in the world, but I can just like block that out sometimes and just mm-hmm. listen to the music. And this is one of those albums where I think. I can do that. Mm. Well, it's like, um, you know, music that can do that is, you know, things like, you know, like we to, to sort of touch on one that we mentioned earlier was you know, Eclipse by Northlane, right? That's a party song, but the mm. lyrics are fucking devastating. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, like I don't want to sort of circle, uh, you know, sorry, go around in circles. Um <laughs> Um, how do you guys feel about the the record as a whole? What's your standout track? Because this this that that album was uh, it, it found me at the perfect time. So for that reason, it, it's in probably my top five like top five albums um, ever ever. Ooh. It's it's a it's a great album. It was easily my top top five of last year. Was it twenty twenty one? It came. Last year, yeah. Yeah, easily my top five of last year. Um, And I, a bit like Phil with Alpha Wolf, I didn't listen to it because everyone was talking about it. Like, you couldn't avoid it. And then, like, one day I was like, I'm going to give this a go. And about halfway through, I'd already ordered the vinyl, I think. So that says says enough. And I think In Circles is is just, like, probably my favourite song off the album as well. It just... It's just really good, but I don't. I'm like you. I don't skip it. I put it on on vinyl on purpose, 
just so I can listen to it all the way through. I think um, I'm, I was a little bit later too. I prefer older Holding Absence. Um, and when the singles came out for this, not that I didn't, I think I was just so overwhelmed with music through that first year of lockdown that it just was one that flew under the radar. Uh, I think as I've gone into this year, I've listened to it a lot more and I only just got my copy on Friday. Um, and I think when I was listening to it, like I think the the end of like the A side and start of the B side, which in circles plays in, mm. um, but like no more roses as well. I think just that whole middle part of the album is just like so heavy, mm. uh, and I just get lost in it. And yeah, I kind of wish I probably could have done with this album more in my life through the first year of lockdown. Mm. Um, but I'm glad I found it eventually. So yeah. I got to like, I'm glad you mentioned um, No More Roses because that, that one there is another standout for me on the, on the, on the album, just because yeah. we do get like his, his yelling, almost screaming uh, yeah. that, that, that should be familiar to people that mm-hmm. listen to the self-titled um, and love the self-titled, but then it's got this, just this very soulful chorus is the only yeah. way that I could describe it, you know, yeah. I've done you wrong and it's just just I, I don't know how they made that song work but they did and it's yeah uh, oh, it just makes you feel so great by the time you get to the end of it even though it's heavy and it's like it's almost it, it feels in some ways like a fuck you track um <laughs> but it's not a fuck you track um so you get to the end of it and you're like wow I feel a little bit conflicted but yeah, you don't really understand what you've listened to until you until you go back a couple of times and go. You, you sort of have to go through that that progression. You know, it's it's very heavy. You're going through anger, and then you get past the anger, and it's almost like acceptance, um, or and a little bit of regret, and then you have that retrospective sort of part at the end, and um, you know that. That, that last line, uh, you know, I, I never believed in you because you never believed in me. It's like he's, like, yelling at God and you just, ah, oh, there's so much about that song, so much about that record. Yeah. <sighs> I'm definitely going to be, now that I've got it on, on vinyl, definitely be giving it more spins. And, like, Dave, we've spoken about this. I find that sitting down listening to a record is you kind of, like, rediscover the album in some ways. So, mm. Yeah. Come ask me in six months' time once I've spoken a handful. <laughs> um, you know, just while we're on the topic of a holding absence, um, Coffin, also off the, the Alpha Wolf split. Yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> I was going to say this at the start, but I thought we were on such a good run, but that, that's my favourite song off that split. Me I think that, that song is just fuck, so good. Mm. Like, David, how about you? Favourite song on the on the split? I would have to say 60 centimeters of steel and then coffin. Yeah. Like I just, I just love how I full play on that track. So mm. it just makes it for me. Yeah. Um, I really like the way that those two bands collaborated on that, on that split because you, you get a bit of everything and you get the yeah. best of both bands. Yep. Um, like uh hotel underground is like classic alpha sound with a with a you know uh, an interesting tone that Lockie's experimenting with since um a quiet place to die um and you then get you know they sort of soften it a little bit for 60 centimeters of steel but it's still familiar enough that you're getting alpha wolf to sort of blend with the heavier side of um holding absence um 
aching longing comes in and it's um yeah i don't know how to describe aching longing it's such a just an interesting song i really like that song that was the first i think the first single right yeah, Off the, yeah i remember when that came out i didn't know what to make of it either hmm. but i think in time I'm, i've learned to like that song as well it's a grower yeah um because i remember my first listen to it because um you know the person i talk to about music the most with is my little brother um back hmm. and um you know i remember when that when the thing got announced i got really really excited and he got really excited because alpha wolf is his favorite band holding absence is one of mine um and we're like wow i can't wait to you know see what this sounds like because we'd uh seen holding absence make their australian debut with void of vision um you know a couple weeks beforehand um and we were both very curious and it comes out and we both get to the end of aching longing and just kind of go what was that like yeah it wasn't like we weren't like it wasn't bad it's just i didn't really understand it um because it's it's got a really weird progression about it um mm. and i remember my first listen going i i don't know if they knew what they wanted this song to be and then you listen to it five or six times and you go i oh, actually know i get it now um but for me, for me, it wasn't until the later songs came out because when that song came out, it felt like a Holding Absence song, but Alpha Wolf were featuring mm. in a way. Um, but then when you hear the rest of the EP, you're like, okay, there is a place for this song. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I remember finishing that song thinking it didn't feel like an Alpha Wolf feature. It didn't quite feel like a Holding Absence song. I didn't really know. But then once the rest came, I was like, in the grand scheme of things, it makes sense. That but yeah, at the time, weird, weird leading single for mine. Like if they had led with like 60 centimeters of steel or something, I think it could have, I might've felt differently about it from the outset, but I think it was a grower and it's still growing, but yeah. Yeah. Like if it were me, uh, probably a weird take, but I, I would have led with hotel underground, then dropped coffin, then just dropped the, the split. Yeah. Um, so that the two features are still a surprise. Um, yeah. but coffin is my top song on that split. Um, just cause I got to the end of that song and I'm not like in my adulthood, I, I'm not much of a crier, but I got to the end of that song and I was like, I felt like I wanted to have a happy cry. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's <laughs> a, um, like it, it, it is just a beautiful song about, you know, finding people in your life at a time when you need them most. Um, and that might be you know, a friend that you've known for you know twenty years, fifteen years, five years, or someone that you met on the on the street at a show, you know, the night before, and it just gets you at that 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 time and place when you needed it the most. And that song captures that feeling. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's just something you know, few songs in my life have ever captured that specific feeling for me. And for that reason, like, I'm never going to forget listening to that song for the first time. And it's never going to be a song that I think, like, I get, I get rid of. So mm. give me physicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, we need them badly. Yeah. I thought they'd be out by now. I don't know what's going on there. I don't, I don't even know if they'll do them. Oh, I hope so. I think I saw a tweet, someone like tweeted them and got some kind of obnoxious reply. Obnoxious, not the right word. Uh, they got some kind of fuck. What's a vague reply? Obnoxious. A bit cheeky of a reply. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. 
Innocuous, that's the one. Yeah. Um, so maybe one day. We'll see. I mean, both bands like vinyl, so it makes sense yeah. if they were. But What were the other songs in the bracket? So um, the, the next song after In Circles was Ten Leaf Clover by Slowly Slowly. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um. I want to. I want to hear what you guys think about slowly, slowly first, because you know I could. I could be here for you know. We, I could make this pod longer than your one with Nick just about slowly. slowly. I was going to say. I, I think. I mean, I know we've got one more song after this that we'll end the pod on, and I'm sure we'll talk to that soon. Um, but I almost feel like this is a band that we'll need to circle back on at one point because, Definitely. yeah, they're one of my favorite bands um, and have been for a long time, and yeah. I think I know, Borch, we've spoken about it at length. Um, for Slowly. So, and I know, Dave, what are your thoughts? I love Slowly too. Like, St. Leonard's is in my top 25 albums of all time. So, Ten Leaf Clover, saw them, uh, what, a month ago, I think. And they played, or they played it. Uh, Ben's just amazing front man. Like, they're just a great bunch of people that love to get around each other and the scene. Mm. And the fact that they... Um, I'm going to say dragged around. They bought around like a, a special vocalist for each show. Um, and we like Beck Stevens played the one that I saw in Frankston. And um, I don't know. I just, just love this song. Love, love the album. Love the guys. Hmm. Just can't, can't wait to see the new track that's coming out this week. Yeah. Um, you know, Slowly Slowly is just uh, like a band that ticks all the boxes for me because they can do like those, those, I wouldn't call them heavy songs, but they're harder hitting. Um, mm. There's, there's energy, there's punchiness. There's the, the very, like I, I tend to, to qualify heaviness by how hard they're hitting the drums most of the time. Um, and there are songs where those drums just feel really quite punchy, quite powerful. Um, like there's a, there's a real percussive energy um, to a lot of their songs that that makes you want to like sort of jump. And then there are those songs that really just tear your heart out, stomp on it. Um, but yeah, I remember um, one of my favorite gig memories is a slowly, slowly one. Um, you know, we saw a bunch of friends and I saw Slowly Slowly for the first time uh, at their their Brisbane debut uh, where they supported, I think it was the story so far. Um, oh, nice. Um, I could be wrong there, but I think it might have been that one. Um, but it was at the, it was at the zoo. Um, the venue, not, not the actual zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it was... Just, I remember this this band that I'd never heard of coming out, and I've gone, that's that's a really funky name. Um, and we were all sort of listening, and you know, my entire group and I were just blown away. Um, and when we heard that they were coming back up to do a, another run of shows soon after, we all went out of our way to buy tickets, and that was when when St. Leonard's uh, dropped. Um, and you know, I bought the record, got it signed um you know met the band that sort of thing and ever since i've gone out of my way to try and catch them every single time they're in my neck of the woods um they're a band that never gets old they've never put out a song that i dislike besides besides maybe one um 
it's not that I dislike the song. It's just that I go don't go out of my way to listen to it. Um, First Love, starring Yours Truly. I'm just not a big fan. Oh. Yours Truly doesn't do it for me. Um, okay. But, you know, slowly have, you know, starting as early as, you know, Chamomile and um, just, I don't know. I, I don't have enough praise to throw it slowly, slowly as a band. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I think... Uh... Uh, my point of view with the band is, oh, fuck, I don't even know where to start. I probably should have prepared more talking points on this. But I think the way that they've made me feel through all their albums and how they've evolved, I mean, I know, like, Dave, you love St. Leonard's. I think Race Car Blues is the album, and that's probably going to be one that would be in my, fuck, I know we've been talking about top 25 this week, Dave, but maybe even, I don't know where it sits, but it's definitely one. Like, I've got the poster in my living room, for God's sake. Like, it's one album that when it came out, um, you know, it came out at the start of COVID. It was just like that album that I was like itching to see live, right? And then the shows kept getting pushed back and pushed back. And then I went to Ben Solo show and they played half the songs off it, but it didn't it didn't satisfy me because like instrumentally that album is incredible. And I think that's kind of like I wouldn't say it's their peak, but I think from what came before in Chamomile and St. Leonard's are kind of built to race car blues because now we can see with the singles in Daisy Chain, it's a bit different. Um, it feels a bit less emo, I guess, from maybe what they you might have called them earlier. And I think just when you think of all of their albums and all their songs and splits and singles they've released, yeah, they haven't got a bad song. And they're one that mm-hmm. I go to all the time. To, to sort of throw it back a little bit, you know, it's an organic prog- progression. Yeah. Um, as early as... Um, chamomile with songs like pussy makes the world go round and new york and paris like you've got shades of some of the things that they talk about in saint leonard's with like the butcher's window and um you know uh, christmas lights um and then you've got like the sort of you know poppy infused um beats in in race car blues and race car blues part two um Mm. sorry chapter two um and then you get to Daisy Chain, and they're they're going, they're leaning so fully into this really energetic, fun, dancey version of themselves that that just has enough nuance about it that you're like, wow, this is still that band that I fell in love with, you know, five six years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, as as an entire unit, that band knows how to have fun. They know how to show that they love each other. They know how to show that they love their 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 community. Um, mm. but Ten Leaf Clover for me is the slowly, slowly song. It's the one. Um, I know a lot of people say, you know, Alchemy, um, or, you know, Race Car Blues. Um, others will say, you know, Creature of Habit, but for me, it's, it's Ten Leaf Clover. Um, I mean, for me, that's a song that really blew them up, I think, mm. into... I mean, I remember when that song came out, like, I had friends that weren't even into the scene that were like, fuck, have you heard this Slowly Slowly song on Triple J talking about it? It was that song, right? And it kind of... Yeah, it, I, it's not my Slowly Slowly song, but I can see why it is because it took them to the next level. Mm. Yeah, I am. Um, oh, you go, Dave. Oh, I just think that... There's no other band like Slowly Slowly. You can say they're a punk band, emo band. They're like leaning into like 
pop now almost like straight up just like indie rock almost mm. and that's a testament to them and like more people should just listen to them if you if you don't there's there's going to be a song that you'd like i can guarantee it yeah and like to do what they're doing now where they're leaning into that real as you said sort of indie rock alternative rock pop rock sort of sound um in the vein of like guys like you know the 1975 panic at the disco that sort of thing um if there's even shades of the killers in there and sam fender um to to be able to pull that off but still maintain who as a that that history that they have as a as an emo outfit as a um as a like a yeah punk pop punk sort of group it's i've never seen it done before in the way that they've done it um and i don't know um Ten Leaf Clover to me, even now that we're we're almost two albums post, um, still feels like it, it reflects everything that they can do. Um, it's got that really, you know, emotional tone about it, but it's still something that at the end of it you feel quite uplifted. Oh yeah, it's yeah. you. You feel like you've gone through this kind of experience and then it ends because it builds so well and then it's this epic ending and then you're like fuck all right i feel i'm ready yeah um, there's something so it it, it captures what i think is a shared kind of experience for a lot of people um and i know 10 leaf clover to a lot of people feels like a love song but to me it's it's a song about your friends Mm. You know, like the, those ones that you you go out uh, on the town with, you, you, you flip through your phone in the back seat, like that sort of thing, and you, you really are creating those memories that you will hold on to forever. Even though that friend might uh, or, or that partner or that person might, you know, exit your life, um, you still have that memory and that person is that, like, lucky charm that got you through that part in that life, that, that moment in your mind. <laughs> that you can then look back fondly and go, wow, this person did change my life. Um, and, you know, just as a song, Ten Leaf Clover does so many things, um, makes you feel so many different things. There's sadness, there's joy, there's hope, there's um, like a certain melancholy about it. Um, but, oh, God, I love that song, man. <laughs> They're amazing. Um, it's so good. Did you guys like the? Do you guys like the the full band or the um, piano version more? Full band. Full band. Full band. Yeah, makes sense. I like the fucking version. I love the live version. <laughs> I the live version every time. Just talking about that live. Um, they're a band that I think if you see them live, all their songs make sense, regardless of how long apart they've been released. Like mm-hmm. their show is so complete, regardless of any of that. Um, like the, my, my last song, uh, on this, on this thing, but, um, the, the, the last song by the last band that I've got in this like sort of show, um, is, is my best memory of a gig, but, um, slowly, slowly at the princess theater, um, earlier this year, um, is you're way up there. Um, Mm -hmm. there was something so atmospheric about that show um that i I went to that show completely by myself and um just i remember being in the crowd just like i i couldn't even 
mosh or or, or do much because I was just so immersed fixated. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fixated is the word. I know exactly what you mean because the next band we're going to talk about is kind of a band that I've had multiple moments with in in that same kind of vein. So um, so we're going to talk about the last song, which is Amberlynn Finn. I don't even know how we pronounce it, but yeah, let's have a chat about it before before we finish it up. Sounds good. Um, Finn, to me, is my all-time favourite song um, off my all-time favourite album by my all-time favourite band. Um, and it is a, a song that I found uh, in, in a time in my life where I was just starting to really, like, sort of come into my own, develop, um, you know, ideas about who I am as a person, what I wanted and what I felt and how I, how I, how I thought about things and saw the world and what I wanted out of friendships, relationships, life, jobs, careers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I was only really young at the time. Um, when did that album come out? That must have been 2008. Yeah, I think so, around that time. I can check. But, um, Amberlynn is just the perfect band. Um, I've, I've had so many memories associated with that group and Finn to me is their magnum opus it's this very theatrical painful um heart-wrenching but again hopeful um Mm -hmm. song that yeah it's an eight minute epic you know on the scale of um you know welcome to the black parade on the scale of um fucking you know jesus of suburbia there's so much about that song and it goes so many different places that god man just i am never ever 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 like even now while i'm thinking about it i can i can feel it in my chest just thinking about the the time that i got to see that song live Mm. um you know in you know the the tivoli brisbane um, my then partner, um, my best friends, their partners, like we all went together um, and I'm in this this great packed room uh, for a reunion tour that so many people in that room thought they would never get that and we're again. listening to this song that I'm, I'm now sharing a moment where I'm listening to my favourite song by my favourite band in one of my favourite venues with all of my favourite people that, I remember just getting so swept up in it that by the time that final final note rung out, that final chord and it sort of fades out, I just remember just bursting into tears. Mm. Um, and I'm, as I said before, I'm not much of a crier. I can count on my hands the amount of times that I've cried as an adult, and that is one of them. Yeah. Um, Finn. Finn. <sighs> Uh, just like, where do I start? Um, just about, I've seen them like six or seven times. Every time, every time they toured, we we come out and see them. 
um, that reunion tour when they they played Finn on that was one of the best times I've ever seen a band live. They're one of the best live bands I've ever seen. And that's why we keep going back to see them. And yeah, Cities is probably my favorite album by them. I think that's just peak them. Mm. I think New Surrender is awesome. And like, I kind of fell off um, after, what's the one after? As if, oh no. Dark is the Way. Yeah, Dark is the Way. So I kind of fell off after that. And I think I kind of just went in a different direction. I still love their early stuff, but I just kind of didn't keep up with them. Mm. But even Christian as a front man, he's just like an advocate for challenging yourself and being who you are and and just like self-improvement and all this kind of stuff. And he's just such an inspiration to people who just want to have a crack at something. So he'll... Like you see his videos on on Instagram and stuff like that, and he's just just really positive, and you can hear that through the music. Like, just makes you feel good, and mm. like it's just it's just awesome. You know, like Amblin is a is a band that just reflects a like a like a, to- a, a like just a part of my life that I cannot separate from who I am at my core. Um, you know they. They represent, you know, part of my development. They represent part of, uh, you know, how I see things and and how I operate on a day to day basis. And a lot of my core memories are now associated with with them, um, in such a way that you know I, I very personally identify with with Anblin as a as a band. Um, that when when people ask me, you know, you know, what kind of music do you listen to and want to give, they, they want examples. Amblin's the first band I show them. This is what I mm-hmm. like. Yeah. Um, you know, not only, you know, uh, I don't know if it's a little known fact about me amongst my friends or, you know, people that talk to me on a, on a pretty regular basis, but I do, you know, not being a religious person myself, I tend to gravitate towards music that have uh, religious undertones. Um, and Anne Boleyn are a, a very, you know, outspokenly, um, you know, Christian identifying band, but their music only does it in undertones. You know, they're not a, um, they're not a worship band. Um, and in, in the same way that Under Oath are not a worship band or weren't a worship band. I don't know if they're still religious. I think um, they broke that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, bands like, what is it? Um, Emery, you know, um, Red um you know a moment uh, just a part in my life where i was listening to a lot of uh you know christian rock um and christian punk and christian metal um Anne Boleyn was always at the tip top informing you know what i thought music could be they do everything and at the forefront of that band is this this voice that cannot be replicated this is like Stephen's voice is the kind of thing that you will only ever get to experience one once in your lifetime. No one will be able to do it like he does. Yeah. Um, and I cannot think of a moment, you know, musically where I felt happier than when I heard Anvilin were coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know. The, the EP that they brought out, Silverline, was awesome. 
Um, the the single that they led with, Two Graves, was awesome. Um, Anderlin got me through lockdowns. They got me through most of COVID with their with their live streams. Um, and they've gotten me through a lot of like the tougher moments in in my life. They're a band that I turn to when I'm sad. They're a band that I put on when I'm happy. Um, and yeah, they're just man. Finn is a song that I can I can put on at any point in the day, and I can make the seven or eight minutes that it goes for without failure. It's a it's an unskippable song. Phil, you'd like Finn to to closer. What are your thoughts on it? My um, initial thought. So my, I guess I got I put some color around my relationship with Anne Boleyn. Uh, I discovered them like many people did with the Feel Good Drag. There are a f- handful of albums there. I think the first three that I really, no, the first four that I've really gravitated to. Um, but I haven't listened to them, I reckon, in like 12, 15 years, to be honest. Like, I think they're a moment in time band for me in why I was absorbing heaps of other bands. They were just one that got left behind. Um, not because I didn't like them, not because I didn't think they were great, but I think they were around at the time. Listening to this song again on the playlist reminded me that my personal taste has probably evolved to a level where if I revisited these old Amberlynn albums that I liked back in the day, I think they'd hit me in a different way. And I think Finn was a perfect example of that because when it came on, I knew what it was, but I kept checking my phone being like, the song's still going. This is just what I like in a closer. Like, you know, I like these songs that big, you know, atmospheric, like it builds and then it kind of drops and it comes back up again. And um, it was a great way to, I guess, probably get me to listen to Anne Berlin again, but also a great way to end a playlist. Like I love a closer and I think this is a good one. Yep. Um, it is um, to me in, in every every respect, not just a perfect song, but a perfect closer. And the story behind you know the writing of that song, the writing of that album, like I'll, I'll point you guys to a to a write up uh, that a that a super fan did um, over a period mm. of a couple of years. You know, not just with the band, but from their own experiences. Um, you know the the production of that song, the writing, the recording is just so interesting and powerful. Um, there is just so much to be felt in a song like this, because um, you know it is. You know, there's choirs. There's there's that like that that bit like the last sixty maybe I don't know ninety seconds of the song. It's it, it feels like a stream of consciousness where, mm-hmm. where Stephen and the band are just. It sounds like he's crying, you know. Like there's there's so much going on, not just for for him as 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 the songwriter, but as the the whole band are doing this thing where they just they got into this this moment where they could not stop what they were doing because they were creating something that they all feel at their core. Mm. And you know, whenever I talk to a person that has listened um, to this song or knows the song. You know, they all have that shared experience with it, where it's it's a song that makes them feel, yeah, the exact thing you want out of a closer. Absolutely, and I think like you 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 summed it up pretty well. Even if you take the vocals out of this track, you can feel all that emotion anyway. And mm-hmm. I think it's just they're onto something, and I'm glad that they wrote it God, because I yeah. would kill for an instrumental, um, 
like drop of uh, cities, um, never take friendship personal. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a like out of Anne Boleyn's other like records. You, you mentioned New Surrender, Dave. What's uh, mm-hmm. what's your take on that one? I think like I feel the same way about all of them. Actually, I think that they just get you moving and they're mm. catchy hooky um the themes are are really good like it's just thematically it's just about love and loss and and dealing with it and and all that kind of stuff and i think new surrender was just a little bit more upbeat than than cities but i think like cities is by far my favorite Mm. never never take friendship personal is just as up there as as those other two, so it's it's really hard to pick my favorite out of those. Mm. Yeah, like um, one of my like you know, being that this is you know primarily a music and and vinyl uh, podcast, I, I got to flex you know the the collection. Um, <laughs> like I'm I'm pretty stoked to have um, you know one of um, you know a copy of all of their live streams and a copy of each of their records. I got I got nothing on Julia, um, who's got a I think she's got a complete VC. Whoa. Um, the, like, and I don't know if that includes the new silver line drop, but she's got a complete, like a near complete VC, including like the, the box sets, the singles, the um, everything. Um, and I don't know, like those are my prized possessions. Um, you know, like it, it, there are, there are a couple of, records in my collection that if my house were on fire i would go out of my way to try and save um Anne Boleyn, like their entire discography they are top of the list followed closely by my um my three lord of the rings uh box sets i'm so jealous of those box sets yeah, every time i see a photo of them i'm like <laughs> I want them so bad. Yeah, eat a dick, Phil. <laughs> um, Clip that up. <laughs> I cut, I cut that. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, that um, Emlyn. Yeah, I, I, again, just like um, with slowly, slowly, um, and holding absence. I could I could sit here and talk about them for for three hours. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> Can I just say, though, the way you've constructed this playlist and I guess the last bracket, especially the last four songs, um, the four songs? Yeah, the four songs. Because even I think Relica was a really good segue from what you had in the playlist before to what you were going to have after. I think it just felt really, it just felt great. And listening to it, I felt like this part of the playlist, I was like, fuck, this is real good. Mm. Um, I put a, um, yeah. I, I spent a, like a, a solid amount of time thinking about how, like I could get like a solid 10 songs. Cause that was the, I think the number at the end of it, there was um, 10 to, to flow really well where it, yeah. like I wanted it to start punchy and then sort of have an epic close um, mm. filling it in from the middle where it's like tonally uh, thematically sort of consistent was, I, I spent ages of a sinful amount of time thinking about <laughs> it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm, I'm glad that it, that it worked. No, I appreciate it. And I think, because I think when we did the first one with Nick, I think we said an hour of music and that ended up being like 19 or 17 songs and it was like crazy. Yeah. Um, I think 10 is a great number. 
Ten's a good number. Ten's a solid yeah, number because, think... like, I'm looking at it now. We've had a two-hour conversation, um, so you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I feel bad for Dave having to go back and edit it because this is probably like you'll you'll struggle to get it down to under two hours. But yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll just put it out as it is. I think um, the length is is all part of it. Um, so we'll have some long ones. We'll have some short ones, mm-hmm. but. It's the conversations in between that people come for in the stories. So um, yeah, it's been it's been great having you on. Oh, thanks, man. I um, I love uh, I love going back and having an opportunity to sort of reminisce with mates about this sort of thing. No, we appreciate it too. And like as we said, the whole purpose of doing these mixtapes is to get to know you. Mm. Uh, so that when we re- when we bring you back to cover one artist, um, we can you know have as long of a chat as we want. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, before we, um, before we go, um, I don't think I've ever asked you guys and like uh, you guys are two of my mates, you know, like I feel I was doing some thinking in preparation for this. I was like, I'm, I'm going to sort of flip the script a little bit and ask you guys some questions. Um, All right. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't think I ever asked what's like your favorite gig memory. Like not just like your favorite show, but like like I, I don't I don't want to know what your favorite show was, but like a memory from a show. Fuck, that's a good question. That's a really good question. Hey, do you know the answer to that? <laughs> not yours. I know mine. I think. What's yours? Well, I'm gonna think. You can you can go. So mine was um, mine is when I saw Rage Against the Machine at Big Day Out, and not because it was Rage. We were at Flemington Racecourse. It was like 2009. I got the ticket the day before. So I'd written off ever seeing them again. And then we're standing like in a crowd of 60, 70,000. I don't know how many people were there. But you could feel the road moving underneath your feet. Like there was that much going on. And like we could barely see them. They were like ants on a on a big screen up the front. But that memory of... Uh, the osmosis, I think you would say, the osmosis of the floor moving underneath my feet or the, mm. the road was absolutely it's just ingrained in my in my memory. So that that's my one. I think I've got two potential, and one of them is only because that one and only time I crowd surfed was um, at the story so far touring under soil and dirt. I was much smaller back then, um, but that was a great memory. But I think honestly, my favourite memory to show was specifically. My chem's last run before they caught it a day. I think by the end of that tour uh, for Danger Days, they had announced that they were going to call it after the after the run. So we knew it was going to be the last time we'd see them for, well, I guess until next year. Um, and mid-set, they played um, Head First for Halos and Vampires Will Never Hurt You. And it was the first time I'd heard that song live in, I think at that point was since maybe the first time I saw them when they supported Green Day. Um, and it was just a moment where there was me and probably like 30 people in the in the pit around me that were like, fuck, they're playing Songs of Bullets. And it was just probably, a, a, I've never felt that way at a show since um, until maybe next year when I see them. I think mm-hmm. it'll, be, it'll be an experience, but I think that would be it. I, I have a feeling that there are going to be moments like that um at the at the reunion yeah. show um like the the story i was telling dave um sorry you and dave <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
yeah, come from the reunion tour that Anne Boleyn did. Um, but yeah, it's just something something so cool about seeing like the the figurative uh, phoenix rise from the ashes and and deliver something yeah. that. My cam, if, if anything's going to transcend the experience that I had with Amberlynn, it'll be my cam. My cam. Oh, I think I'm pretty keen. Like, I mean, I'm keeping tabs on their tours and the set list every, every show they do. And there's a few tweaks every, every night, which I love. Um, so I'm seeing them three times, maybe four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to come to Brisbane, <laughs> but um, I'm hoping that I, I get a few tracks that um, I just, yeah, I, I just, uh, I can't put into words. Um what that's going to be like. I can't think of another show that I've been as anticipated for. So, yeah. If I were to um, sort of like, there, I only had one other question. Um, and I know you guys have told stories about like awesome pickups of, of records and like CDs and, you know, cassettes, everything, you know, from top to bottom. But I kind of want to specify like what is, again, to bring it down to a like a very middling niche sort of i guess um moment in time what's uh, like what's an experience you've had where you picked up like a like a record specifically and gone i'm, I'm feeling a certain way right now and it's like a like a powerful i can't believe i own this or i found this or i've had the opportunity to get this um in the in the same way that you know we had the question about the 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 shows like what's a what's a memory you associated with picking something up in a moment and going wow mm. you've got some good questions Borch. if we ever need someone to fill in for dave or i we're definitely giving you the call up <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind for me is when i won that the bloom test in the in the raffle the Damn, i should raffle. have spoken first because that was going to be my story <laughs> I had like all my, I remember having all my, like all my tickets memorized. So I'm like, I've got between these numbers and then these numbers, because there's nothing worse than rifling through your tickets and causing a scene. Instead, I'd like memorize my numbers and uh, Brownie from somehow trouble standing behind me. And he reckons I did a backflip because as soon as they said my number, I was already in the air, like fist pumping, like I'm off, let's go. I couldn't believe it, how quick, because it was like, we were all going through our tickets being like, fuck, I know my tickets were close to that number too. All of a sudden, I can hear this big shout into you, like already over there. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's definitely it, because that's like an EP that hit everyone really hard, but it was just one of those things where like, there's only two, two in circulation and I've got one. And Phil's got the other one. Just the yeah. unbelievable feeling. And I'm not. I'm not yeah. someone to take to chase a test. Like I'll just if the it's just a raffle win that's going to get it to me. So I think that's the uh, the the awesome part about it. Bros that bloom together stay together, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, mine is well. I was going to use that story um, because I also won a record that day, but. Honestly, I think um, the biggest holy fuck moment I've had with things I've had in hand was uh, this year I got a copy of um, the Bring Me the Horizon Royal Albert Hall Cancer Trust show on vinyl. And that it's a funny story because, you know, I met you and Dave last year through this kind of whole online forum thing. 
um, with a few other people and, and Cody um, that I know you guys both know, one of those people, and he got it at, at, at that time last year. And I was in awe because even before I knew you guys, before I really knew the the weight that vinyl and record collecting would have, I knew that this record was out there and I knew how special it was and how rare it was, right? And Bring Me being one of my favorite bands, I was like, fuck, I need to get this one day. And I remember Cody got it. And I don't know anyone else in Australia that's really had it. I've never seen it come up. It's just like this, you know, white whale thing. And I, I kind of was last year throwing, Cody, if you ever get rid of it, I'll fucking give you this exorbitant amount of money. <laughs> and, um, and just kind of like talking shit. And then this year he was like, I'm, I'm, there's a potential if you want it, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. And um, so that happened. But then he said a bit later, I was like, oh, actually the person that sold it to me wants it back. We had this agreement, but then he's like, okay. I was like, you know what? That's fine. I understand that. If I ever had something like this and I, I moved it on, if it was to ever get sold again, I'd probably want it back as well. Right. And then one day um, I just got a random message and he said, we're on, like, if you want it, it's yours. And I couldn't believe it. Um, and then got it in my hands probably a few months later. And it's still to this day, I haven't even put it back in my shelf. It's still sitting on the front <laughs> on top because I don't want to put it away. Um, I'm still pinching myself that I have it, but yeah, that was a special moment. Fuck yeah. I love it when like your homies come through like that. Um, yeah. Like it's nuts. Cody's awesome. Um, He's legend. Well, I mean, even like both you, Borchi and, and Dave, you both have sold me stuff or gifted me stuff that I'm like, fuck, I can't believe I have this. Like Dave, you got me hope mm-hmm. and Borchi like, you got me that um, turnover record, which I don't know. This is crazy stuff like that, that I'm like, fuck, like I've, I've wanted this for such a long time. And, you know, people come through and it's just. Oh, you know, same sort of thing. You know, you guys have both gifted me some, some incredible things. Like, you know, Dave gave me an Amblin single that I've been chasing for That's ages. Right. And I remember just being so touched. Um, but I, I, you know, I really appreciate that, you know, we all have such, profound and powerful memories associated even with you know at the end of the day right you know a record is it's, it's material you know yeah um but what that material represents to each of us is is really important um i guess um yeah we love a closer so i'll um i'll close with a story <laughs> yeah love it yeah go um my um my memory uh it it comes from believe it was 2013 or 2014 um you know final year of high school um you know it's coming up on graduation and all those feelings are you know starting to become very real like oh i'm about to enter the big white world what the fuck um, <laughs> and um i used to like i used to walk home from school um and on my path was this this great big tree that from and, you know, from the time I started at that school to the time that I graduated, um, whenever I walked to school, I would just go and, like, climb that tree or some shit because I was a fucking, you know, larrick and whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was just kind of like this weird ritual that I had. Um, and it must have been 2013 um, that I was leaving school. It must have been, I want to say, term three. So things are getting real with exams and pressures on and... I get a text message um, from a from a friend of mine, and at the time I had, I must have been like a flip phone, so it was real. Like <laughs> this dude made time <laughs> to send this message, <laughs> but I um, check the message, and I'm sitting up in the tree, um, and the message is, "You need to you need to jump on YouTube right now." Anne Boleyn have dropped a new single, 
Um, so I, um, yeah, I run home um, and I, I get straight on the computer, type in, you know, Amblin new single, and it's Stranger Ways um, from upcoming uh, what would soon be their final album, Lowborn. So I, you know, remember like watching the watching the music video and just getting really, really sad. Like, oh man, here's this band that I've been with for you know for most of my life. Um, you know, CDs came out when I think I was like nine, maybe. Um, I don't think my math is right there, but um, but um, oh, okay. So I would have been eleven. Um, but the you know, it's it's an like a band that has been with me for forever. So I'm, I hear that they're breaking up, and apparently it's not all positive. Um, and they announced these these pre-orders, um, and this is you know grade twelve. Borchi doesn't know what a fucking vinyl record is, so like skips over that and goes for the CD. Um, the CD was only available at the local Sanity, um, which was at a shopping center and a couple of k's down the road in the same shopping center that I worked at. So I remember. Counting down the days, um, you know, I get through graduation. The album comes out in 2014. I hear that, you know, I get the message from Sanity. Hey, your, your CD's ready. Um, and at the time, I was a wanker that you know ran around with a like what, like a Walkman um, or a Discman to some people. Um, and I remember yanking it off my my bedside table. Grabbing my um, grabbing my board, skating a part of the way, hitching a bus, getting to the shopping center, running in, slapping down the money, um, going give me the CD, um, just so like excited, anxious, fearful, um, the trepidation going through my entire system, going this is their final uh, album. What if it sucks? Because <laughs> um, we all know how a bad entry in, in, in a body of work or an oeuvre just really, it can sour the whole thing for you. Um, Absolutely. Especially a closer. <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I get on my board and I get back out to the road and in my excitement, I open up my, my Walkman and I, like, I rip the CD out and I just like frisbee it, um, and I didn't even didn't know what it was in there. I didn't care what was in there until I got home. Um, I catch the bus, I whack in the earpod, like my my earphones, and I listen to this record. And like I remember getting to the end of it and just feeling this this wave of um, conflicting emotions um, that I can you know clearly remember. You know, even when I when I got through the door at home mum and dad like look at me and they go you know you know that sound that parents or guardians caretakers make when they're just like they're not sure if you're all right but they're fairly like yeah they know you're all right but they don't know what's going on it's kind of like a hmm (laughs) (laughs) um the best comparison i can think of is like when a when a when a really tough bloke stubs their toe (laughs) <laughs> so like a like a hmm <laughs> um and i get through the door and they're like wow you're all right and i'm like yeah yeah no i'm all good and i go to my room and i listen to it again and then again and then again and then again um until i go to bed um and i fully process the thing and um 
you know, it was right before I fell asleep that I realized what CD I'd thrown away, and it hits me with a, oh, fuck. It was the CD that I mentioned earlier from Morton Island, The Black Parade by well, My Ankamulga Romance. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, I still have the empty case for that CD. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's probably one of my favorite, like, like band item memories. That is bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe you threw it away. Yeah. What's that we say about closes, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a hell of a story. Oh, what a time. What a time. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah. Well, we have to do it again, Borch. I mean... I think we've got nearly any artists we spoke to today. We could probably do a full episode on with you, right? So, <laughs> um, we're keen to have you on again. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I um, I'm keen to when we do Polar Fest again, get you guys involved uh, again in some yeah, way. Cool. Um, would uh, absolutely love to to uh, try throw some interviews your way or some shit. Um, for yeah, cool. next year, so That'd be, awesome. be sick. Love you, boys. So. Is there anything else you want to plug before we we kick off with the the closer? Um, to to kick it, uh, to to sort of close out, I'll plug. Um, go see uh reboot festival in Sydney. Um, Shana has thrown on an amazing charity gig for Support Act. Um, it's in November. It's really cheap. You're gonna see bands like you know days like these. You're gonna see uh, rumors. Um, mm-hmm. lots and lots of talent. Um, and yeah, yeah, you're doing yourself a disservice if you if you don't go to this gig. So, go and support the mm-hmm. homies. Go and support Australia's up and comers, and have a have an awesome time. Sweet. And also plug yeah. the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the takes, man. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to get into Finn by Amblin. Thanks, Borchi. It's been a pleasure. Um, can't wait to uh to get this out there and to have these conversations with everyone thanks gents love you both all right catch you see you mate see you mate Souls from your widows and orphans are hard to find. The 
Those he chose to carry on his queen. 